things come up all the time now yeah. in our, our off-mic life. That are related. To, like, if, if anyone has anything to say about a penis, I'm there. <laughs> I've read the studies. I know all about it. I know all about it. Yeah. I actually, we know about robots. We know quite a bit about black holes. Mm-hmm. You know, exoplanets. All these kind of things. You know, I go to seminars on things, and I'm just like, let me learn something new. About Do you raise your robot? hand, and you're and like, like, how does this relate to biomimicry? Thank you, and same. <laughs> Welcome to Hey You Know It. My name is Jaquetta Sotmar, and I'm here with my co-host, Katie Kazmir. Hey You Know It is a podcast that tells you how it is or how it should be. You can listen to Hey You Know It on iTunes, a new episode every Monday. And here they are, Jaquetta and Katie. So this is our 450th episode. 450 episodes. Yes, that's a lot. 450 weeks. I figured oh out God. that you could, for the 12 days of Christmas, mm-hmm. you could listen to Heike the entire 12 days. Uh, just one, just ep- one after the other. After round the, after the clock. Yep, round the clock. seven for 12 yep. days. Yeah. And, oh, my God. Not bad, huh? Boy, what a good way to spend, <laughs> spend your time. <laughs> yeah, what a great way to spend some time. No, but really, I mean, we have some, some real uh, gems in there, so it really wouldn't be a waste of time, yeah. I don't think. I think there's no better way to celebrate than to drink champagne. And so I found out here that there are actually some health benefits mm-hmm. of for sh- champagne. Drinking champagne. You're drinking champagne. Oh, please do tell. It do says, tell. toast to your well-being or your 450th podcast episode mm-hmm. with a glass of champagne. So here, it's it's synonymous with good health. That's what they say. Hmm. When I think champagne, I think health. I think health. I think yeah, yeah. robust <laughs> Robust. Yeah. I think clean living, mm-hmm. healthy living. Number one is low in calories. Okay. For those trying to lose weight and who isn't nowadays in mm-hmm. this economy, it's mm-hmm. a perfect alcohol to drink. It can, a glass of champagne is 80 calories. While no a gl- glass of wine, tasteful though it may be, 120. <gasps> Light really? beer, not so light, 100. Okay. And a shot of hard alcohol, straight up party liquor. Yeah. Is at least 100 calories. No kidding. A minimum. Champagne is the skinny yes. margarita of drinks. Of drinks, yes. Champagne is the, sh- is the champagne of champagne. <laughs> it improves brain function. Oh, man. And I, I did a little more research on this because I was like, really? Uh, it has been proven to improve your spatial memory. So if you don't know what those things are. <laughs> you will now. Yes. <laughs> Knock it's your, back a glass. It's your ability to recognize and remember your surroundings. If you're going to stagger, yeah. do it on champagne. Okay. It also plays a role in your performance of calculations and complex tasks. So the next time I take the GRE, I'm just going to pop a bottle of bubbly before I go in. Mm-hmm. Devil may care. As you get older, your spatial memory declines, and too much of a decline can lead to dementia, Alzheimer's, and they're saying drinking champagne can help stave off the effects of age. Mm-hmm. Not stop it, but stave it off um, and keep your brain sharp. So, in the morning, as an eye-opener, people, mm-hmm. a little champagne. A little champagne. Start your day. Um, it tastes great, but it's also more filling. Well, that's all right, because then you're, you're yeah. full. You drink less. When you drink champagne. See? All right. And it's already fewer calories, but you drink less of it. The bubbles make you feel full quickly. All right. Um, cause you to stop drinking sooner. Mm. Maybe, I have no, I no evidence that. of that. I once threw a champagne party. I don't think people drank less <laughs> at the party. 
They did leave earlier. Yeah. It reduces blood pressure. All wines are good for your heart. Let me say that again. All wines are good for your all heart. All wines, really, not just mm-hmm. red. Yeah, all they've wines. They've moved on to all wines. All wines. Okay. Uh, but it turns out that champagne is particularly good for blood pressure. It slows down the rate at which nitric oxide is removed from the blood. It, it reduced risk of heart disease, stroke, and hypertension. Oh, my God. Yeah. So, you, I mean, you should be drinking champagne. Oh, you should be. You know? yeah, it's, how could I have gone so long not I drinking know. champagne? I know. I'm telling you, this is a PSA as a friend. Okay. I'm telling you, you need to get on the bubbly. Um, number five, it says it improves your mood. Well, no, nope, shit. No kidding. You know, champagne isn't just tasty. It gives you, uh, it gets your night going. It protects your brain from decay, but it stimulates the production of neurochemicals that make you feel happy and positive. Wow. So you're getting a serotonin boost, I'm, I'm assuming. Oh, wow. From this that. is like, this is, yeah, this is a, a breakthrough. And they say the, the mental boost, these good feelings, that's why it gets the, um, you associate with celebration. Mm. Because when you drink champagne, you do feel like, well, you, when people say the bubbles go to their head, it's in a good way. Okay. It means that their, you know, their spatial awareness is sharpening <laughs> as they sip. And lose weight. Yeah. They're losing weight. They're sharper. Yeah. They dress better now. Yeah. People think the things that they say are funnier. Yeah. Um, it provides antioxidants, just like red and white. Champagne, which is made from grapes, has a lot of antioxidants. Red wine has the most. And, but white wine and champagne are comparable okay. in terms of antioxidants. Um, those fight heart disease. Uh, they fight free radicals. Another thing that I don't know what a free radical is. We talked about inflammation and things that are anti-inflammatory in a, in a previous podcast. Now free radicals free are on the radicals table. Free radicals bounce around your system making you old. And what do they do? I mean, who, where do they come from? Other know. people? Old people? <laughs> <laughs> like, apparently. I think they hatch organically and, and inside you and then you have to like shut them down. Is there now. a certain amount of them in there? Are they like eggs? So. I'm making this up. You're making it up? Yeah. Uh, but anyway, champagne fights them, yeah. these egg-type things. <laughs> the hatched radicals, the hatch free radicals. radicals. They defend nerve cells from damage. They reduce cancer. Uh, champagne also reduces blood clots, so when you do fall... Guess what? <laughs> guess what? You'll be okay. It has reservatrol in it. It's a powerful antioxidant found in grapes. It can stop blood from clotting. Um, you reduce the risk of serious heart damage if you have a stroke, I guess. And it improves short-term memory, mm. not long-term. So while you're drinking, you'll remember it all. It'll all be there. You'll remember your breakfast. Remember your breakfast. Um, and it, it increases the amount of protein that can be produced in the brain Oh, for a short period of time. So it's like a mental oh boost. This is like a laundry list of yes. things. I didn't know. I, it's really good. I think I have one more on it because I found one other article, Due, due Diligence. Um so I was like, I don't... Oh, also, good for your skin. Mm-hmm. It detoxifies the skin, and it's tartaric acid evens out the skin tone. Now, that's just from drinking it. Wow. I am sold on the champagne. You know, um, I already said low-calorie. Yeah. So this, you know, listeners, if you feel like it, you can send us a donation to help us celebrate yeah. our 450th episode and the work that we've done. Go yeah. ahead and we'll, we'll use it to buy some champagne. And as we say here, it gets dry in the studio. It does get dry. And we're starting to lose our memory. Yeah. Oh, one more thing. They, they did um, a study at the University of Reading determining that drinking one to three glasses of champagne a week can boost brain health. They did the study on rats. Oh, good. Half, listen, that's cute. Half of whom were served champagne every day for six weeks. 
Wow. I mean, that's a study I can get behind. (laughs) The rats were then tasked with completing a maze. Sober rats had an average success rate of 50%. The champagne drinking rat, the Templetons. Yeah. The classy rats, 70%. Wow. That's dramatic. That is. From, from, from a, you know, from a D to a C. You know, what does it say that uh, God looks after drunks and children? Yeah. And drunk rats. And if you're in the maze, yeah, have a glass of champagne. Yeah. <laughs> All right, what do you have? Okay, I have, um, you have heard the thing, how many hours does it take to become an expert? They keep saying 10,000. Yeah, well, that's Malcolm Gladwell. He oh, wrote really? that book oh, talking yeah. about it's simplistic, outliers, yeah. whatever. Yeah. And his thing was, yeah, how long do you, how much practice do you have to put into or study do you put into something to become an expert and he came up with 10,000 hours and one of his things he said like the Beatles became as good as they are Mm -hmm. because like they they actually like worked at some kind of like German nightclub where they played like all day long really yeah it was like (laughs) that's how it was in Germany and it was like so that like they just played from eight to eight and played and nobody really knows about this but they just played and played and played constantly Uh and then suddenly they came on the scene and they were so good at what they did that they were ready to I can't imagine just like people thought they were magical but it was like no they had like logged in hours of not only playing but playing in front of people and playing in front of Germans <laughs> I wonder if they were like these assholes again get out of here yeah, get back to like, Manchester it was like constant they were just constantly I'm sorry Liverpool playing. yeah Right. I don't want to bring up the oh, ire my. of the Manchester oh god right the, and the Liverpool people are like the they're ours they're ours yes but does it really t- is 10,000 Hours across the board, the thing where you become an expert. I don't know. I mean, I'm, and what does it take for us to be expert? Okay, so we have 450 shows. Let's okay. say there's about three hours of prep per show. Sure. So, <laughs> that's, on, that's still only like, it's not even 2,000. Yeah, and then plus, and when you edit the shows. Yeah, another hour. But then what but did it take? that's not your hour. What did it, I know, that's yours. <laughs> it's still <laughs> just like oh, slightly over 2,000. But what about all the time that we have put in before to be able to do this show? All of the studying, all the stage time. I'm going to say all that. All the writing that we've done. We are expert at talking about things. And we've been doing that our entire lives for much more than 10,000 hours. Right. There's not a subject that Katie and I cannot purport to know something about. That It's true. Things come up all the time now yeah. in our our off mic life that are related to like if, if anyone has anything to say about a penis I'm there <laughs> I've read the studies I know all about it I know all about it yeah. I actually know about robots we know quite a bit about black holes mm-hmm. you know exoplanets all these kind of things you know I go to seminars on things and I'm just like let me learn something new about you raise your hand and you're and like, like how does this relate to biomimicry thank you and team. <laughs> Thank you, But different things, like, there are things that are more difficult that require sure. more time. So if you want yeah. to get a PhD, that's going to require more hours. Sure. A master's requires X amount of hours. And then you're considered, here is your degree. Yes. Here so, is your paper. So um, how many hours it takes to become an expert depends on what you're studying and how you define the word expert. Yes. Oh, wow. <laughs> that being said, there are some patterns. So... Know your stuff. So... They say, based on the time needed to achieve a certificate, bachelor's, doctorate, or PhD in the respective fields within the confine of a 40-hour work week. So okay. if you have 40 hours a week to to devote to devote to this, then, then that's it. So um, what are they saying? 
how many hours it would take for you to become an expert like uh, for neurosurgery is 42,000. Wow. For surgery. Yeah. Astrophysics, 26. Okay. Economics, 26 as well. Really? Yeah. Science fiction, 19,000. Okay. And expert in sci-fi? Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, computer programming is 15,000. I think these make more sense in terms of weeks and months. Yeah. Do people really even understand 19,000 hours? Yeah, but you do it in a 40-hour work week, so then you would say, okay, you know what, what does mean? that mean? Yeah, I know, I know. It's culinary arts, 13. Okay. Litigation, 13. What? Thousand. So the chef and the lawyer on mm-hmm. par. Okay, think about this. Now, sports, 9,600. So that's less to become a pro athlete than wow. you would be to a lawyer. But you got to do it quickly at the beginning. Yeah. Right? Poker is 7,600. Okay. Knitting is 5,700. That's a lot of hours to knit to become an expert. Yeah. Yoga is 700 hours. So becoming an expert? How? I don't know. I don't maybe know that, I mean, maybe there's a, there's a finite number of moves yeah. and positions. Um, celebrity gossip, 320. Mm-hmm. Two hours. Yeah, basically. <laughs> so that gives you kind of an idea of what they, like what you have how many hours you have to put into that to I wonder what it's like for teaching. Yeah. Like how many hours as a teacher. So if you're teaching, let's say, the average elementary school teacher is teaching like five hours mm-hmm. a day, um, five days a week. So 20 hours doesn't sound like a lot. 25 hours. But, yeah, let's say 25. I'm talking about actual contact yeah. hours, not the preparation and kind of all that stuff. So 25 hours a week, uh, 100 Eight hundred years. So after after about ten years of teaching, mm-hmm. you should be an expert. Basically, it yeah. what it sounds like if you're on. Well, it's not bad. I I will accept so that. So for us, if we put in, we put in more than celebrity gossip expert. Well, for sure, more than yoga. Mm-hmm. Maybe yeah. knitting. Yeah, <laughs> we could approach knitting and knitting or sports. I think I with our like performance mm-hmm. hours that we've logged in over our lives. That's right. We're pro- classes, all the other things we do. Classes, stage time, yeah. film, all mm-hmm. of that, the writing, um, everything. We are probably like professional athletes at ninety six. People, you are in the presence of professionals. Yes, Watch we are out. professionals. Yeah, this is sure. not just some amateur, you know, garage podcast. That's right. We're doing this in a Funkadelic Square, and we're professionals. Um, so how to throw where it's a 450th, uh, anniversary podcast. Mm-hmm. I'm saying that now. Um, we're not going to do a surprise party cause we don't, we're not a surprise kind of people, right. but if we were, I wanted to know how could I do it? Okay. So this is Rachel Ray is telling me how to throw a surprise party. All right. Well, yeah. she's a pretty good source. Yeah, I guess so. Is she an expert? Probably. By Maybe. Now. How many hours has she you locked know? in? Who knows? Um, so here are some things that she, some questions that she poses to a person considering throwing a surprise party. It's plan, she says. Oh. First, ask yourself these questions. You know what? It's, it's not a bad piece it has of advice. To be said. You don't know how many people are not going to plan. Yeah, who are not going to plan at all. I'm just going to be like, it'll ha- it'll happen. No, I'm just going to. Uh, do I have the right candidate? So. <laughs> Some people don't. Yeah, some people don't like surprises. Yeah, some people want to know everything about an event. So they interview this uh, Dallas event planner. He says, "I want to know everything about an event before I go." Mm -hmm. 
So he's not the right person to plan a surprise party for. No, not at all. Um, as rule out anyone who gets excited about milestones or birthday because if you're doing a surprise party, say it's someone's like 60th birthday, mm-hmm. and no one's saying anything about it the whole time because mm-hmm. you're planning a surprise party, those people get very, very resentful, and sometimes they fuck right off. Yeah. They're oh. like, oh, no one cares. And they're like, fuck it, I'm going to, you know, Daytona Beach or whatever. Right, and they take um, they take off. Do I have enough time? So this is something I hadn't thought about. I've, I've done surprise parties before, but I've done lots of parties, so I'm pretty, you know, I'm not expert at it. I haven't done 10,000 hours of it, but I'm pretty quick at it. She's saying that you need six weeks for a party of 25 or more because you need to tell people way ahead oh, of time. Oh, yeah, right. Yeah. For, uh, yes. So tell people uh, six weeks out, a month out, reserve the place, mm-hmm. restaurant or bar. A good, It's a good idea to do it at a place that you, you're, the person that you're planning for goes frequently. Mm-hmm. Like, if they never go to Chili's. Yeah, then you, <laughs> they're they're not gonna, you're dragging them off to yeah, Chili's. Yeah, they're not going to appreciate like, that. Also, they say it's easier at a place where you're known. Like, if you go there all the time. Um, the next question is, am I up to the task? You know I what? feel like that should be the first question. Can I actually do this? Like, yeah. I mean, I think that's a great question because it's like, uh, evaluate what's going on in your life. Yeah. Can you take on this Can extra? you plan? But also they said, look, most people are, like, most people find out mm-hmm. that there's being a party being planned. So it's like, can you really keep the secret? Like, mm-hmm. is it really going to be a surprise? But not only that, whatever's going on in your life, sometimes if you're like, it's the school year and your kids are have three different sports that they're mm-hmm. going to and you're on the PTA yep. and you have a full-time job. Are you up to it? Are you, do, you have the, do you have the bandwidth yeah. for it? And they say get creative but not too creative. Yeah, please. So like if you're going to do something too funky... They're gonna know something's up. Mm. Like if you're if you're making things kind of like strange, um, they said for one person, the the woman was a wife of a Dallas Cowboy executive. His surprise party, they just threw it on a weeknight at the stadium because he goes there all the time. Okay. That's a good surprise. That's a good surprise. Yeah, you know um, that. So that's the plan part. Then they say prepare, get a co-conspirator. Don't try to do it alone. Because you might need, you're going to need someone to run interference. Mm -hmm. You might need someone on the day to keep that person occupied. That's right. To keep them out of the way. Also, you need someone, and this is something I haven't thought about before, but the RSVP stuff goes to your friend, not to you. right. So if you're living with a person you're playing for, you work with them, you see them all the time, you don't want to accidentally get busted doing something on the computer. Suddenly they see on your phone. Yeah, or your Facebook or something like that. That it's, you know. It's a time it right um, a great surprise party actually happens in the weeks leading up to the event. So you don't want to cut it too close. Mm-hmm. Because if you say, hey, let's go out for dinner on Friday, and they're like, hey, wait, that's my birthday. Mm-hmm. That's kind of going to be, a, it's like, oh, we're not doing anything. It's just small. So you have to do it a week or two before, like okay. a real surprise. Don't do it afterwards, and then people are sour. Yeah, and you're they like, oh, you put it, yeah, and you put it together afterwards, yeah. yeah. And then, you know, you yell surprise, and the person's like already drunk. Because they think no one remembered. Yeah. (laughs) Or they've left town. Get the word out. Um, They said, if you're doing it on Facebook, keep it secret. Um, And if you're doing correspondence, tell people, like, by text and things like that, just tell people to respond yes. Mm -hmm. Don't say, hey, I'll be there at the party. Can't Mm -hmm. wait. Just have them Y or N. Yeah. Keep it basic. Um, put a day of plan in, in place. So this is where you have your co-conspirator mm-hmm. shepherding the person around, making sure that they're not interfering with what's going on. And they said, consider the big reveal. There's nothing worse than someone hiding in plain sight. 
or, or prematurely screaming surprise. Oh. I have planned several surprise parties, and there's always one or two assholes that are like, hey, we're running late. They said, well, don't run at all. Yeah, yeah. Just wait. Come a half an hour late. Yeah. Don't, don't come co- in, like, at the time when yeah. you know that the guest is Yes, because be I've told you 2 o'clock, that's when you have to be there. Yeah. Because <laughs> like, 2.30 is when he's getting there. Yeah, 2.30 is going to be there. So I, I can't have you walking into the building or being seen in the area at the mm-hmm. same time. Yeah. If you are going to be late to a surprise party, be late. Be late. Don't bother the host with your BS. Get it together. I'm sorry. Get it together, Get it people. together. Get that surprise. Well, working. you may find that's the last party you've had. The surprise is going to be on you, B. <laughs> All right. So what do you have? So milestones when you're doing something for a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, as we are As doing we here. are doing 450 episodes. Here in It just takes stamina. Yeah. We need an energy source. We need to. And it's it's. And we're not just not talking Red Bull. Yeah, it's not a sprint. Marathon. This is a marathon. So how do you prepare for a marathon of words? Mm-hmm. And this is an ultra marathon. That's right. <laughs> so stan- stamina describes a person's ability to sustain physically and mentally. Okay. Okay. So people with low mental stamina may find it difficult to focus on tasks for long periods and become distracted easily. Yes, and you. I have to say, as, as a teacher, I feel like, I know this sounds like, yeah, I'm crotchety, but stamina... People don't have it. Yeah. It's very difficult now, I'm seeing, for students to read for extended periods mm-hmm. of time because of what you're saying. You have to work up to it. Yeah. You can't just go straight to Moby Dick. you got to start with a pamphlet. That's right. <laughs> you know, then, then maybe like a magazine. Yeah. Then a novella. It's true. People you know? with low physical stamina may tire when walking up a flight of stairs, exactly. for example. Work so, up to it. Yes. So the thing is, we record, take our shows are almost, you know, 45 minutes an hour or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, what it takes to get ready, what it takes to get to the studio, mm-hmm. to be in the studio. And, you know, and sometimes we record more than one show out in yeah. a sitting. And it takes stamina. It takes stamina. We have to, like, and we do this on a consistent basis. Yeah. So we have to make sure that we're okay. Yep. I remember when we first started, I go back and listen to some of the episodes. They're half an hour and we're, like, out of breath. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we're struggling at minute 27. Like, <sighs> Yeah, but also you have to take care of yourself the night before you record. You you can't can't be out wild style swinging from the rooftops. That's right. Yeah, so you have to cut down on the bottles of Tasteful White the night before. Save it for after. Yes. That's what I Sometimes we record really early on a Saturday morning, and then we're like, hey, maybe a late Friday night. Not a good idea. Yeah. (laughs) Who knew? Right. So having low stamina um, often causes a person to feel tired after a little exercise or... Mm -hmm. Thinking. <laughs> yes. So to, or talking. Yeah. Talking, talking for a couple of hours. By increasing their stamina, a person can feel more energetic and complete tasks more easily every mm-hmm. day. So here's ways to increase your stamina. So, so listeners, if you're also looking to like build up some an energy resource for whatever you like to do, yeah. Um <laughs> they recommend Katie's favorite, everybody. Caffeine. Caffeine. Yes. How to build stamina. It's a stimulant. Um, it, can, it can increase a person's heart rate and give them a temporary energy boost. Um, in a small study, a group of nine top male swimmers took three milligrams of caffeine one hour before okay. performing a freestyle Three sprint. milligrams? Yeah. It's not very much. They consistently made better time than those who had taken a placebo. So it really does. Is it doping? Hmm. 
Oh, three milligrams. It was a pill. Yeah. I was thinking they had just a quick shot. <laughs> I'm seeing Michael Phelps having just an espresso, well, like an Lily espresso before diving in. Yeah. Yeah, but for maximum effect, a person should limit their caffeine consumption. The body can become tolerant of caffeine. How do you mean? <laughs> Require an increased amount to achieve the same effect. Okay. Okay, so that's but so you got to watch. You got to pace your caffeine. Yeah, you don't want to build up a resistance. And you got to switch your caffeine tolerance. up. You can't yeah. just have coffee all the time. You got to go for the energy drink. Yeah. Got to go for some teas that have caffeine right. in them. Chocolate. Gotta, boom. Yeah. Switch it up. All right, another thing you could do is meditation or yoga. Okay. For stamina? Uh-huh. Oh, I didn't know that. Because it helps them relax and refocus. These okay. activities... These, when... I'm, I'm still on these swimmers again. <laughs> <laughs> like, before doing the butterfly, Michael Phelps was told the vision, world peace. Yeah, so when done consistently, it can help reduce stress and improve overall stamina. Okay. For example, um, results of a small study involved 27 medical students... Um, indicated that <laughs> twenty seven medical students. Yeah, I, know. I feel like this guy was like, "Shit, who's around?" Hey, you guys. <laughs> All right. Yeah, why not? If they participated in some form of meditation or yoga, could decrease their stress levels and improve general well being. Okay. And so then you can therefore perform better. So you got to reduce those stress levels, put the caffeine, get your energy up mm-hmm. and- before you freestyle. Yes. Um, then they say everybody's favorite exercise. Yes, yeah. exercise. even moderate amounts of exercise. I'm, I'm shocked. There's a feature on the phone. I don't know if you've ever um, looked at it on your phone because you have an iPhone. Mm-hmm. Also, it tells you how far you've walked mm-hmm. every day. Oh. and so yeah, some days it's great. Like my, you know, six miles, seven miles, and then other days I'm like, man, <laughs> have I moved at all? Foot. <laughs> yeah, it's like a quarter of a mile. Yeah. No, but the exercise, it improves your physical state, so you can prop yourself up and do it. And even, like, sitting in a chair for four hours like we do, you have to yeah. be physically ready to sit in that chair. You do. Yeah, so you have your, um, so you sit up straight, you're not slumped over. You that, have to be the, comfortable. The air is going through you. Yeah, you're not sitting on the edge of your seat. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so exercise is one. And then there is a supplement, and I've been seeing this around, I don't know what it is, Ashwagandha. Somebody just told me about that. It's a natural herb su- um, available as a supplement. And I, it's supposed I'm to increase kidding. your energy, cognitive function, reduce stress. Literally, yeah. my up, one of my upstairs neighbors came by. Uh, she works in the restaurant business. And she was like, yeah, there's this new thing people are talking about. I'm like, is it cocaine? Because mm-hmm. that's not new. It's this thing. Yeah. This. So, there, yeah, ashwagandha. Ashwagandha. Yeah, so I don't know. I've never tried it. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's the, first it's the time new I'm ashwagandha it. is the new um, fen fen. Yeah, I'm always afraid of stuff like that. Things that give you energy. I'm like, is this mahuang? Or yeah, I know. <laughs> is or it like mahuang? a ginseng or something? Yeah. you have to. Like at first, it's it's fine, and then you know people are mainlining it, and it's a problem. Uh, yeah, another way to increase stamina is to listen to music because it can alter your mood. Yeah, a dance break always helps. Yeah. And it improves cardiovascular efficiency. And um, just music on its own. Yeah, I mean, just listening to music you enjoy while you're exercising and your stamina improves. Would um, anyone listen to music they don't like? I, while they're working, like, oh, I'm just going to listen to corn. I don't care. Yeah, sometimes, well, you know what? You're like, I'm going to be on this elliptical for 40 minutes, and you just put on a station and you're like, forget it. Yeah, okay. You just go with it. Yeah, or you go with like, okay, I want to listen to my hair metal station. Sure. And there's some songs I don't like on there. Yeah, and you have to suffer through them. I'm like, I don't care. 
Um, but also when you exercise, switch up your exercises. Do a bunch of different things. So um, like switch from weights to running to dance to whatever. So switch up your exercise and improve your improve stamina. It's our 450th episode. There are a lot of ways to celebrate. Mm-hmm. A party is one. Having champagne, get, gathering mm-hmm. people around. Um, but thinking about this idea of us like being experts and wanting to keep this thing going, I found this, that we could now have a robot twin. What? There's, so there's a guy out there, there's a Japanese scientist... Um, and that he's created a robot twin of himself that he's been sending around the world to try to train it. And he insists that it is not creepy. Oh, he insists. That's that's the title. Japanese scientist insists his robot twin is creepy. To be fair, it's not creepy. creepy. To be fair, the guy himself looks a little like off. Oh, does he? All right. So a copy of him is going to look off too. I think that's what people are reacting to. Like he looks somewhat sinister. And now he's made a carbon copy of himself Ugh. that also looks sinister. So Japanese robotics professors whose creations were voted by the IEEE, the Institute of Electrical and Electronics Engineers, they voted it creepiest. Oh, my God. It was voted creepiest. They voted creepiest mm-hmm. robot. Um, and the professor believes that the bots have much to offer, and they certainly should not be judged solely on appearance. To which I'm sure the people at the IEEE were like, then mm-hmm. why'd you make it so fucking creepy looking? <laughs> <laughs> like, why didn't you make it look like a puppy? Or, or a something? flower. Yeah. Um, so it says, with robots now doing our chores, attending to the elderly, and even teaching school children. I haven't seen any of this at all. Katie did send me a thing where you saw like a, a night scope type of a robot in New Jersey in a supermarket. But that's the oh, only yes. robot sighting. All right, no, this, so far. this robot was in um, a supermarket in the suburbs, mm-hmm. and it basically looked like it was about maybe seven or eight feet tall. Why is it so tall? So people would see it coming, I guess. I don't know. But it was like a stick with a more, um, a broad bottom. Okay. And the stick had googly eyes on it, so it looked like a face coming at you. Okay. And what it did, it just went around the store and detected any kind of spill. What well, sort a teenager can do that? Uh, did it clean it up? No. It let a human know that there's a spill mm-hmm. and that a human could come by and clean it up. Did it say spill and I'll eat? Like it didn't these. say anything I, I at that point. Like, I don't so know. So it texted some poor schmuck? I don't, know like... how it, I don't know how it relayed the information, but it was just kind of gliding by with its googly eyes. And I was like, this is... So it's know. a camera, basically. Filming everything that's in the supermarket and then occasionally reporting on a spill. I guess so. Bizarre. Who's stealing? So this guy, yeah, who's stealing? Everybody. Yeah. (laughs) So this guy has made it look exactly like him. The robot is named the Telenoid. Telenoid. I know. Again, the name is creepy. Um, So what he has done is he's created this doppelganger called the Geminoid H11. Mm -hmm. Again, Creepy. Mm-hmm. And it's controlled remotely and can mimic his voice, face, and head movements. This oh. guy is a 56-year-old professor, um, and he is, you know, studying human nature, human-robot interaction, knowledge, and intelligence. So they talk to the guy, 
Um, robots you invented ranked number one and number nine on the list of creepiest robots, according to the oh. IEE. It says, obviously, the people who gave my robot its ranking just evaluated on its appearance rather than actually interacting with it. Well, that's a part of it. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, if you're going to... We think about when you work with children, mm-hmm. because any adult for children can seem ominous yeah. and creepy. You do things to your appearance and your manner to scare children less. Yeah. Right? To soften it up. This per- this guy doesn't even understand that. He's created something that is creepy looking, because he's creepy looking and he probably doesn't even realize it. You know what I mean? And he's probably, you know, and he's probably just... Oh, my God. He's creepy looking, Yeah, right? he is creepy. Like, he just happens to look creepy. He reminds me of, like, Professor Snape a little bit. Yeah, like, know, he, like he has a, a face that is not kind. Yeah. Uh, or gentle looking. He right. looks slightly confused and miffed. Yeah. Like, at all times. And that's what his robot looks like. Um, so he's, he's created this robot twin to help him better understand society. Because I guess it's something that he couldn't do himself. Okay. So he says, I think along with understanding society, the robot is good for understanding humans. When I created my copy, our staff had to implement my appearance, voice, and behavior. People said it was identical to me, but I didn't think so. Because like, this is terrible looking. <laughs> yes. This is a creepy robot. Because I cannot like observe me. myself objectively. That was an interesting finding. Humans cannot observe ourselves objectively. For example, I'm hearing my voice right now, but the voice is different from my recorded voice, and my mirror image is flipped. Um, so I think that in the future, what we're doing, like we've made so many recordings of our own voices. Mm -hmm. It would be very easy for this creepy guy to get our faces and listen to our voice patterns and recreate us as robots. Um, the, the weird thing about this robot is, is that apparently it only works. It only has a couple of degrees of movement. From, like, the waist up. Okay. <laughs> so, oh. it, can't, it doesn't really go... It doesn't really go very far. Um, he also created a child-like robot. It looks like a kid. Very creepy here. Oh, It's like a small creepy. Japanese kid. Just the face is human, and then the rest of it looks like a, it a looks nightmare. It looks like Terminator. Yeah, it looks like... The guts of the Terminator. The things that you would find, like, in a toolbox. Yeah. Kind of encased in plastic. Um, that was the number nine most creepy robot that's out there. He thought that it would be a good idea to make a robot look like a child because people would treat the child more gently, showing that this man doesn't understand anything no. about humanity whatsoever. He can't tell what's creepy, and he has misjudged how people treat, treat children. children. Yeah. <laughs> so I thought that would might, might be an interesting, uh, maybe by episode 900, mm-hmm. It won't even be us anymore. It'll be our robot twins doing it. Oh, don't say that. Um, and maybe this creepy guy can go ahead and listen to it. I find it very upsetting um, that they're making humanoid robots. I just don't see the point. I, you know what I mean? I just don't see the point of making a robot look like a human. Surely there are better ways to create a machine that mm-hmm. can do... More things than we can do. Like, there's so many limitations to the way that we are set up. And we have evolved to be able to do all the things on this planet. Yeah. Um, that, But we're limited. Yeah. Why make a robot that looks like yourself? Why make a robot that's human at all? Like, why limit yourself to two arms? I know, right? And two yeah. legs. Yeah, why yeah. limit yourself to having I eyes in the front? It's that human experience of how we treat things that are 
Which he clearly doesn't understand if he thinks that making a robot look like a child will ensure that people treat it more equitably. Yeah. You know? Anyway, what do you have? Well, uh, so this is our milestone okay. show, but what are some important historical events that changed the world forever, besides okay. our podcast? Besides our podcast? Yes. Yeah, so I would say maybe, for me, Weird Al Yankovic's earliest album, Nature Trail Hell in 3D. Okay. For <laughs> that me, changed the world for me. The changed the world for me. This is something that it was the um, cyanide in the Tylenol. Ah, because, I barely remember that. Yeah, I was I was a kid when that happened. Okay, but what what was going on in the world? And listeners, you may not know this, but there was no safety seal. Yeah, no, I remember that. You didn't can, need it. Yeah, no people weren't things. Uh, people weren't poisoning things. Yeah, there was no break the seal. There was no. no there was no foil over anything. There was no plastic. There was safety. You just didn't open things. You things weren't open. Why would you do that? Yeah, you know. Why would you open up anything if you didn't buy it? Yeah, and then take it home and then open it. But after th- what happened was somebody put some cyanide in in Tylenol in a couple of bottles or whatever mm-hmm. they did. So it was a big thing in the news. All the Tylenol was recalled. But it changed the way packaging was done forever. Mm-hmm. No, so everything is secure. Everything is secure. So you got the foil. You got you know if something has been tampered with from this one incident. And we changed the way we, we package everything. Yeah. It's amazing. I, did I, they figure out who did that and why? I'm not sure. Okay. But I just do remember, like, after that happened, it was just this big, very quick domino effect. And it's everybody took action because everyone realized everything that you could consume or put on you could be, was contaminated. Now, could be contaminated. And it was so like a bizarre. race to make sure your product was safe. Safe, yeah. And it was um, well, at least you know, getting into the product is safe. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> right. like once you get in, that's another story. Right, right. I hadn't thought about that. I know it was a popular plot line in a lot of mysteries in the seventies that someone is poison that town is poisoned something. Yeah, and it's like, who is it? How are we going to find out who it is? Yeah. Okay, so in history, um, what are some of the most important events that happened that changed? And it was in the year. 1346 to mm-hmm. 1353. Ah, oh, the bubonic plague. Yeah, Black Death. Yeah. It killed about a third of the world's population. And it continued to, that was the heyday of it, but it continued to come back, um, you know, every decade or a mm-hmm. couple of decades during this time. And we still have bubonic plague today. Yeah. Madagascar still has it. Yeah, so it... Um, yeah, the plague killed actually 30 to 60% of the entire population of Europe, yeah. claiming a grand total of anywhere between 75 to 200 million lives. And it changed the entire, the, it changed the economy, mm-hmm. it changed the social system, it helped break down the feudal system. Like, everything changed with the Black Death. There just weren't enough people around to keep things the same way. Yeah, everybody. You know? And it was because it did not discriminate between nope. class Money. Yep, didn't nothing. matter where you were. And one of the one of the positives of it, I think, is that it changed society. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of during you know during the feudal period, obviously, you have people who are you know tied to the land mm-hmm. and they had to deal with these lords. But during the during the time of the plague, you could just run off. Yeah, and be like that's it. The, the The master is dead. You could stay here. 
uh, enjoy the the spoils, mm-hmm. or you could say I'm free now. I'm going into a city. I'm going right. here. I'm going there. You know. Yeah, because the massive death toll uh, caused an extreme labor shortage, yep. which meant higher wages for the peasants and a greater choice of who they wanted to work yeah. for. Yeah, the land was plentiful. The lords were forced to try to make conditions more attractive to the peasants. Yep. Uh, serfdom all but disappeared as a result, and the golden age of prosperity would not soon be forgotten. Good time said. for a serf. Yeah. So yeah, that's just like. The Black Death. Yeah. And then there's uh, Pax Romana. Oh, yes. So this called. This is 27 BC to 180 AD. And this was 200 years, they said, of peace. Relative, yeah. It's Relative one hell, peace. One hell of a, a pox. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. It means Roman peace. Um, so it was relative peace within the Roman Empire. Mm-hmm. And it was a remarkable change for an empire famous for its many wars and militarism. Um, but then that was towards the end. Yeah. Right? <laughs> like, what, 27 BC? Yeah. I mean, Things were starting like, to wane a little bit. But during that time, there was so much progress, they said. Um, it was uh, commerce and industry were greatly developed. Infrastructure was thriving. Mm-hmm. Different nationalities in the empire found relative peace. Relative peace with each other. I wonder what that There was... Uh, <laughs> yeah, relative peace. There was many innovations that developed that are still used today, such as the postal system, plumbing, improved mm-hmm. engineering and roads, a new legal system, and um, cultural advances. Yeah. And then what comes is Christianity, the dissolution of the empire, and the plunge into the Dark Ages. Yeah. Uh, then there was the Civil War in the United States. That was another biggie. This is a... Sh- this, how much longer... Like, how long was this war? How much longer are we going to be acting? I know our country's history is short. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But when I think about it's like the civil the civil war, it's like four years, five mm-hmm. years. Yeah. When you think about something like a hundred years war, yeah. Or even something like Vietnam mm-hmm. that went on for such a long time. I'm not saying the civil war isn't great, but it's like it's a short it's a, a sh- relatively it's a, short a, yeah, for a war. A short war among with a small group of people. Yeah, but right? it was like a, it was a big deal what they were fighting. And about. some people don't know it's over and are not sure who won. Yeah. Still. And they're still putting up flags. Still like, putting up flags. You lost. And uh, yeah, that's the treason, right? It, it? But it's it's the most bizarre thing to me that we have allowed this to kind of keep going. You lost. Yeah. Because you were worse. Yeah. Right. Out of the two groups, you sucked more. Yeah. And and you lost. You lost. And then you're still like, yeah. Oh, stop no. acting like anything else happened. <laughs> <laughs> like stop. Most people, when they lose, try to just move on. They show yeah, you okay. like you're, you're, no. you're taken over by the other side. You don't got pre- so you, taken over. You don't get to continue what yes. you're doing. You don't get to yes. continue the flag. You don't get to put statues up yes. of the people that wanted to continue. That lost. This, that lost. You're done. <laughs> Next. You know, it's yeah. shocking to me. Yeah, yeah. You know? Yeah. It's, Look at the but, Nazis. They were like, we, okay, let's just disperse. You know, <laughs> like we lost, right? It's over. We're yeah. done. So, but many people think this is what the article is saying. The American Civil War between the Union and the Confederacy merely had implications for the continental United States. But the success of a slaveholding Confederacy stretching across a territory larger than that of any European power would have been a major setback to the world. Yeah. In the, the same way that the British Empire was a major setback to the world. Yeah. You know. Yeah, to say nothing of a Republican democracy. I mean, is it that wasn't, even a thing? 
Well, <laughs> you I, know? Yeah, I know yeah. what you mean. Right now, what what's going on is another thing. But the idea, if that was, like, allowed to continue, what... Yeah. It would, <sighs> Who knows? Right? If the Nazis had won, if South Africa had continued to, mm-hmm. to spread... If the Confederacy had won, yes, we'd be in a much, much worse world. That's why I don't understand why they're still going on about how they didn't really lose. And, like, they were, they're the bad, you're the bad guys. Yeah. It's two bad groups of people, but you were the worst. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, Let's see. Oh, and then another big thing, industrial and technological revolution. Yeah. 1760. To 1914. Hard times. Oh, my for gosh. The people. Machinery. Yes. Grinding down humanity. A machine. Large-scale machine industry. Explosion of new inventions in the beginnings of the modern age. Yeah, so a lot of these machines were made to, um, to replace. Yeah, to replace re- people. Redundant work. And so, yeah, I mean... Every, I mean everything, everything you can from the high, steam engine to the hydraulic press. Yeah, agriculture industry became separate, and cities grew. It was just like this big boom. And now we have lofts. <laughs> like, <laughs> we lofts. Now we have loft space. Yeah, right. <laughs> like <laughs> as a result. Yeah. So these are some of the big ones. Um, and one thing I looked at a variety of lists, and everybody had kind of like different things there. But one thing that really was on every single list. The, oh, yeah. It was the Gutenberg Printing Press yes. in 1440. This was amazing because the printing press is the most important invention in the last 2,000 years because it uh, revolutionized literacy yeah. and acted as a catalyst for spreading knowledge throughout the world. I think that's one of the positive things that's come out of Europe in yeah. terms of technological advances. I always wonder on these lists, like, what has did anything happen in Asia, South America, I Africa? I they know. always leave these things off. This is like a huge... Like it, it, it's so slanted. It's start looking even... into it more. It's still you find these things. Yeah. So yeah. I oh, wonder absolutely. what the, the major like. It would be interesting to see a list from another part of the world of like what the major advances are. It'll probably, probably be more. something like health. You know, like yeah. something that's like positive for health, or like um, what about an advance in like art that has yeah. changed things for people? Like who? Like the poster. Like the poster? Yeah. yeah so like I read something, poster. an okay. article, not that that's like a huge, uh, you know, pushing society forward. Maybe it is the idea that anyone could have a piece of art in their house that's mass produced. I'm talking about like, you know, I'm talking like early posters, mm-hmm. like not, you know, 50s, like at the very beginning, like the idea that you could have a poster in your home. That's true. You're or right. Advertisement might be something interesting. It won't show up like this. Yeah, yeah. Um, but then on the back of that goes the idea, too, that not only are you advertising products, but you could be advertising politics. Mm-hmm. You could be advertising new laws, like the, you know, I guess an outcropping of the printing press, then. Right, right. Really. Because before this, all books were copied by hand and were very expensive. Yeah. Monk scribes and the educated labored for many hours by oil lamp to make copies of literature, religious texts, Making sure that they were the only ones who could, you know, really access this knowledge, even though now we see how easy it is mm-hmm. to teach people to read. How easy it is. I know. How simple. How boring to copy books by yeah. hand. Oh, my God. I would just start changing imagine? things. Yeah. Well, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah. Hey, the Bible. Yeah. Oh my I bet I'm sure if I were writing the Bible, I'd be like writing I'm like, things. This is what I think. Here's some other things that were in the ark that you might not have known about. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what would you put in the ark? What would I put in the ark? But, uh, 
I would I don't know. That, I mean, I think in unicorns, would be of course. But. Anachronistic, like a, a transistor radio. You know, like yeah, something yeah, yeah, that yeah. doesn't make any sense yeah, at yeah, all. Yeah. You're like, and that's how we have it. Yeah, it was in the ark. That's we always <laughs> had, they had them? They had it. They had an early version of it, and that's why we have it today. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, happy 450th. Happy 450th. Thank you for listening to Hey You Know It. Stay in touch with us during the week. Follow us on Twitter. Follow us on Tumblr. Go to iTunes and leave us a five-star review. We'll read it on an upcoming show regardless of content. As always, we love your emails. Send us an email at heyyouknowit at gmail.com with your comments, questions, and segment ideas. Emails will also be read on upcoming shows. Please tell your friends about us because you know we don't advertise. And let them know we can be found on iTunes at stitcher.com and at heyyouknowit.com. Thanks. Thanks.